0: Welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devon. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves.
1: Do you ever notice that as you do the intro, you look around and you move your head and you kind of you look like Ray Stevens playing <laughs> sweet Caroline?
0: You know, I'm having one of
1: those I'm having one of those days where
0: I'm tired. But just exhausted. Like, we were kind of talking about ahead of time. Like, I've just got one of those days where I just kind of want to be left alone. and just kind of want to, like, just I'm very low energy and just sort of tired. And, and you I'm we a record time? the podcast, right? We could do this, like, tomorrow. No, I, no but <laughs> but Wednesday night is our night. No, I'm, I'm excited to do the podcast. But, you know, when I get tired or when I get sort of, it's more of a physical exhaustion. Because I started my new job last week. And as opposed to being stuck at a desk every day like I normally am, now I'm driving all over town, starting at God knows what hour of the day, ending at who knows what hour of the day, and crawling under houses all day long through crawl spaces and feeling like G.I. Joe. And it just, it's wearing me out. I'm an old man. I can't handle this. Like, it's taken
1: me a minute to get adjusted. So I'm I'm physically exhausted, but I'm also really glad to be here. Well, you're using different muscle groups. Yeah. You know. Everybody always says, I always talk to guys that build houses, and they're like, I don't need to work out. I build all day. I carry two befores. I carry plywood. No. Th- those are very specific muscle groups. The point of working out is to spread it across all the different muscle groups. Well, that's what's so funny. After I, I,
0: I crawled out from under the first house I went under, and I'm standing there talking to my boss who's, I don't know, late 50s maybe, um, versus me being in my early 30s. And I get out, he goes, "All right, so what'd you think?" And I went, "Well <gasps> holy crap, that's a workout." And here he is almost 25 years older than I am didn't break a sweat, nothing and it's because and meanwhile I'm over here doing you know half marathons and running and biking and all that stuff, but it, it's a different muscle it's a different type of and i'm not used to using my muscles that way and it's it's taking uh, quite the adjustment period well
1: and he is a cigar smoker as well he just is. before anybody out there blames your short windedness oh, yeah. on your wonderful
0: ha- now, hobby now now the benefit is i did get my wind back quickly so i mean crawling around on all fours you know it, it definitely got my heart racing got my heart rate up a little bit but once I stood up, it went back to normal fairly quickly. That is the benefit of the recovery I have from my, from how fit I am. But oh, yeah.
1: In a little while, in a couple of weeks, you'll be right in shape. But let's yeah. smoke a cigar. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let you start because it's going to take a few minutes to explain my cigar. I, I'm going to actually take a nap while you introduce your cigar because I have a feeling you can just go on about it for days and days and days. Well, possibly the most exclusive cigar that has ever been smoked upon our podcast I'm about to partake of. Okay. I acquired one for Christmas from a really good friend. I won't dispel his name, but he knows who he is. And it is the Liga Provada Unico Series Year of the Rat. So in 2016, Drew Estate opened a branded cigar lounge at the BB&T Center in Sunrise, Florida, where the Florida Panthers play. And this cigar was made just for that lounge. That lounge has since closed. Okay. You really cannot buy these anymore unless you know somebody. But the um, and the, the, the way it came with the name is interesting. This is what I really like. They introduced it 1996 as the year the Florida Panthers made the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's also the year Drew Estate was founded. So 2016 was the 20th anniversary of both milestones. In Chinese zodiac, 1996 was the year of the rat, and during the 1996 Florida Panthers run, they actually threw rubber rats on the ice every time people score. What's the deal with throwing critters on the ice in hockey? I mean, there's octopus, there's catfish. What's what's the deal? What what's will you hockey fans throwing wildlife at the players? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I the I used to know the story behind the octopus. And it's really just some guy decided to throw an octopus on the on the ice. There's a little more to it than that, but it's basically some guy decided to throw an octopus on the ice, and that's what started it all with Red Wings. Um, the rats came from I used to know that story as well, but really, those are the only three teams that do it. There's no one else that really throws anything. And at least with the rats, it weren't they weren't dead live rats. they were like fake rats.
1: Well, okay. I can understand, here in Nashville, acquiring a catfish ain't that hard. No. You can acquire a catfish. And I'm sure in Florida, though I'm sure this is a lovely facility, acquiring a rat ain't that difficult. I'd imagine probably not. Are there a lot of octopi in Michigan?
0: (laughs) Oh, yes, the native octopi.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's who sank the Edmund Fitzgerald, don't you know? (laughs) Are like squirrels around there? You got (laughs) to push them out of your feeders every day? You can't swing a dead cat without hitting one. (laughs) Okay, well, I was just curious. But anyway... And of course, Drew Estate has a long history with the wrapped. And all. Right. So this is a Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper over a Brazilian binder. The filler is Nicaraguan and Honduran. And they're only so they were only ever sold in one size, a five and a half by 46 Corona Gorda. And they came in ten count boxes. How much would you pay for oh, this good. exclusive release? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you do that on purpose? No. Oh my God! You just blew us out. You oh. just all—you just went into your announcer voice. I
1: got right on it. Okay. How much would you pay for this exclusive Drew Estate release? Not that I'm selling it. Just what do you think the MSRP was? Uh, probably around thirty. Fourteen dollars, mm. which really speaks well of Drew Estate. It does. And I, well, now. You have actually cut and lit your cigar the time it took me to describe mine. So, are, are you just smoking the mystery cigar tonight, or are you going to give me a minute and actually um, let tell people what you're smoking tonight? No, I'll,
0: I was just I was waiting for you to come. Uh, there's no reason I can't go ahead and start smoking while you're taking that time to introduce your cigar. I, honestly, this is the way we should do it because it's really difficult to try and explain a cigar and cut and light it at the same time. Really, one of us should cut and light the cigar while the other one talks and then vice versa. But anyway. Well, I'm, I'm getting so, some of my energy back, I think.
1: I'm now trying... So it's got a little pigtail on the end. Yeah. Uh-huh. And here in the dark bowels of crown cigars and ales, I cut and I did not cut enough of the pigtail off. So now I've got to attempt to make a second more precision cut. I may have Let to me get up that. and go walk into the light. And did this, you did you cold draw it? I did cold draw it, and it's a little. T- that, that's not enough airflow. Okay, because it looks like it might work. Well, it might work, but what's gonna? <laughs> am I am I spiking my voice that yes, much Yes,
0: you are. My apologies well, well, just, to all the listeners. You're,
1: you're you're kind of
0: off to the side a little bit. Then every once in a while, you get right I on jump it. Jump right
1: back in the mic. Okay, well, I'll take it easy. Go ahead and talk about your cigar okay. while I'm cutting this one again. So,
0: and you may you may have to correct me if I'm wrong here, but I I don't think I've ever smoked a Rocky Patel on the show. No, it, you Nothing comes to mind. So I, which is indicative of the fact that we've been doing this show for just coming up on two years. We're two weeks away from two years, and I've and I've never smoked a Rocky Patel, and that's about the frequency with which I smoke Rocky Patel in general, but. In the interest of smoking something I'd never smoked before, you're welcome, Shane. I walk in the humidor, and they've got the Rocky Patel Sun Grown Maduro in there, which I believe is a new release, or at least a relatively new release, because I haven't seen it. Um, it the, the band is really—it's um, a very Spanish mission in design, um, so it kind of caught my attention. I thought, you know, I haven't smoked a, a Rocky in a couple of years. I'll give it a shot. This is a full, full, full-bodied cigar, which Rocky is somewhat known for, um, but basically it's a Nicaraguan, no, um, oh, I'm sorry, Broadleaf Maduro wrapper atop dual binders and Nicaraguan long fillers. Um, you know, I, I, you were giving me, you know, grief for it, but I did light it up while you were announcing your cigar, and I've got to say, this thing's hitting me, like this in terms of flavor forward, if I had smoked this three weeks ago, the results of the Stogie's Awards would have been different. <laughs> this
1: thing is flavor forward. I've had that cigar, and I like that cigar, and I like a lot of Rocky stuff. Unfortunately, this is not a big Rocky shop.
0: You know, it, it, it amazes me how regional cigar brands are. You know, you go down to Atlanta, and you're going to see Perdomo everywhere meanwhile up here you don't get that quite as much you know they perdomo sells well up here but it's not a go-to like it is down there it doesn't take over whole humidors same with rocky i remember the humidors i frequented in texas and the ones in atlanta tended to be wrapped up with a full stock of rocky around here the nashville area i don't see a whole lot of it And when you do, you see the 20th, which is, you know, the beautiful orange label and ornate box and all that. Uh, You know, you see the Edge, which I've just, I've smoked so many Edges in my, I I don't want to go back to that. I think it'll be another five years before I smoke another Edge, probably, because of how burnout I got on them.
1: The Edge could use a complete rebranding, reissuing, to complete... Complete rework of the Edge brand would be appropriate at this time. Well you know, the the Edge is perfect for what it is and what it does. You know, I I love the Edge as an entry level
0: full bodied cigar at a reasonable price point, it's great. But it's it's doesn't bring a whole lot of complexity. So it just
1: kind of is. Well, is the Edge suffering from a lot of mo- a lot more value conscious cigars actually coming onto the market? I wonder if that's the
0: case. You know, if I had to choose between a Charter Oak, which is actually cheaper than the Edge, and an Edge, yeah, I'm going with Charter Oak. I the Charter Oak is a better cigar, not just better for the money in my opinion.
1: Not only that, but the Charter Oak presents better to yeah. the Edge. Yeah. You and know, I, you hand somebody an edge, they know they're getting an inexpensive cigar. Right.
0: And, and like I said, like, I just, I find that Rocky stuff does not match my palate.
1: I, that's what it, I wanted to be,
0: I'd, I'd love to be a snob about it and say, oh, it's Rocky, blah, blah, blah. But it's not that. It's just it doesn't fit my palate. And I don't think in general that they make the, they either make cigars that are way too light for my palate or just don't mesh well with my palette. And I don't with the the exception is the Edge, specifically the Edge Habano is a great cigar. But I just never pick it up because there's there's better stuff out there for the same price or less.
1: I think Rocky is suffering with the brick and mortars because they are becoming largely an online retailer type brand.
0: Yeah, which is great for Rocky but bad for his brand.
1: Right. I mean nobody you know, the the fiftieth is the only really exclusive Rocky that I picked up and enjoyed. Oh, I said 20th, didn't I? I meant 50th. Well, I knew what you're talking about. Yeah. Speaking of being mistaken. Okay. I have to... I have to... You have to call me out on something? Oh, no. You're you have gonna, to eat some crow? You're going to love this. Okay. This is good. This is the most basic mistake a cigar podcaster could make. Okay. Okay. I said that I smoked a different cigar than what I smoked on the show last week. (laughs) So, what did you say you smoked? I said I was smoking the Drew Estate Herrera Esteli Miami. Yes, you, yeah. What? Which is a a wonderful cigar that I acquired a package of, but they do not sell here. What did you actually smoke? The Drew Estate Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro. Which is a great cigar. I've smoked three or four of them since then, and it was only when I was smoking it the other day that it dawned on me I named the wrong cigar. So go back and listen to next week last week's podcast again. That'll
0: be episode one oh one,
1: I think. Yeah, and just recognize that I smoke I, I misspoke. Which okay, it's not like I misspoke a CAO Zocala for a Gurkha assassin or whatever. Yeah, Terrible it, offering Gurkha gave us yeah, Honestly, uh, out, of, out of
0: 202 cigars It's amazing that we haven't had that problem Before Actually, a few more cigars than that Because we've had some guests So out of 215 cigars That have been smoked on the podcast at this point
1: that's, well, It's pretty impressive that we haven't had that error yet So, the cigar I smoked last week Was a Brazilian Maduro wrapper And it had in it a Connecticut broadleaf binder and Nicaraguan fillers and it is excellent. It was real coffee flavored, lights not you know, the um the Cigars International ranks it as one step lower than a super full. I didn't I don't find it that I find it medium to medium full. I would be surprised to see
0: that Herrera Willie Herrera's not doing super full. That's not his palate.
1: No, he's not. He's he going to do some medium,
0: full, and some full, but he's not going to go super strengthful. And and he's really the only thing I can think of that falls in that full-bodied range is the Norteno. I would give that one a full.
1: Yeah, Norteno, uh, it's it's right on the line, but it's on the low end of full.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, but it's still a full-bodied cigar. But everything else I would put in the medium to full range. So
1: anyway. Th- the Year of the Rat is really unique because when you pick it up, you think, okay, is this just a Ratzilla that they have, you know, put a different label on or, you know, because the Ratzilla and the Dirty Rat are very similar. You Dirty the year Rat. Of, yeah, the Dirty, you don't know the Dirty Rat? No, they have Dirty Rats in the lineup, I know, I know. But the, the Ratzilla, which is the bigger version of that, they're very similar. Good cigars. I thought the Year of the Rat would be more akin to those, but it's not. It's got its own flavor, its own unique feel. Speaking of unique flavor and feel,
0: pulling the show over for a moment, have you noticed that not only are we in the dark, inky shadows of the shop, but there's some crosswind that's just holding all of your smoke right over my section of the table? I feel like I'm in a Waffle House in 1987, (laughs) <laughs> so now we've gone from just regular damp, dank cave to some smoke-filled pool room where uh, um, bad, bad Leroy Brown's going to be coming through the door at any moment.
1: Oh, you know, we're going to lose our one and only sponsorship if you keep this up. Oh, because I'm the one always complaining <laughs> about the conditions in the shop. And I, well, I'm just saying, usually you're the voice of reason. <laughs> And all.
0: doesn't that bode well for us all
1: yeah yeah when I'm the when I'm the, one, when I'm the <laughs> voice of reason we have gone horribly wrong but if the smoke is bothering you I will switch seats with you because there's enough cold air coming through this window that the the crystals are freezing and that's yeah. why it's hanging around <laughs> yeah. so long
0: well I just you know we've never we, yeah you know, we, we've talked about this job but this is the first time I've ever been under a cloud of smoke this is interesting anyway I just wasn't okay. sure if it was catching just me or if it was just the way things are going to be from now. On.
1: But you know, that's character. This shop has character.
0: Are you building well, a segue here?
1: No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm stating fact. This this shop really has character, and it's not just populated by character. Oh, absolutely. No, this- you know, you, I go to a shop that's a very good shop, but it's sterile. It's kind of like being in an operating room. Yeah. You know, you and I are probably going to end up there Friday after we get done with some other stuff. Yeah. But that place is sterile. It doesn't have any of the charm of the wind blowing through the windows and the TV falling down on your head above you. It it lacks that panache.
0: Yeah, and I didn't hang these, so I can't speak for the efficacy of the mouse. That one's down to one screw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, that's one of those things that I look for in a shop. Some of my favorite shops I've hung out in have... The leather chairs with the patches missing in the armrests and they have the, you know, the duct tape on the corner of the coffee table holding the leg on. I like that. I like the lived in. I'm not saying run down. I'm saying lived in, you know, uh, the 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 mark on the coffee table from where one of the regulars tried to clean up a Coke stain with uh, Windex on a lacquer table. Those And the regulars all know the story. That kind of stuff.
1: Character. There, there's exactly. something to be said. Now, you don't want it to be poorly maintained, right. but character. Yeah, not rundown, but, but lived in. So let's, let's go from character. Let's go ahead and hit our legislative update. All right. And I, I want to talk a little bit about a couple of legislative things. The Senate bill to exempt premium cigars from FDA regulation has been reintroduced. So, Marco Rubio from Florida, Republican, he reintroduced Bill S.9, which is the same as S.294. It defined premium cigars as wrapped in 100% tobacco, bunched with 100% tobacco filler, contains no filter, tip, or non-tobacco mouthpiece, weighs at least six pounds per 1,000 count. Um... Which I
0: kind of have a problem with because it means they're trying to wrap cigarillos in.
1: Well, it does not include a cigarette or a little cigar that's actually in the—and there's—
0: Yeah, so which is—I think cigarillos should absolutely be included in this, but that's just me. Well, this
1: bill is not expected to pass. That's not the purpose of this bill.
0: I I know, but I'm just going to get on my soapbox for a moment and say— it would, you really easily could say, because I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to get rid of the Tatianas that are flavored like blueberries. That's, that's all that they're trying to do by, by not exempting. But all you have to do is say that if you're a main label brand that makes a Cigarillo version of a, an exempt line with the same blend, then it counts. So, like, you can get the Cigarillo tins of the Ligas. And it's the same blend. It's just a smaller size of one that falls under the classification of premium cigar. Here, I say, okay, then you go, you count. That's anyway that that would make me happy. But it, like you said, this isn't going to pass anyway, so it doesn't really matter.
1: Well, this and this is the thing about politics. This bill was not he, Senator Rubio did not put this bill out there to pass. We've got a new Congress. We have new members coming in. And you have to re-educate them every time right. it starts. And that's what this is from. Now, it has, you know, nine co-sponsors on it and total of 22 sponsors overall. So it's got enough that they can get the word out. And that's really what this is about. So don't get too excited about the fact that this, that he introduced this bill. But also, um, it's it's a step. It's a step in the right direction. And all. It's, it's one of those things you kind of, you know, you ever had to tell one story so that you can tell another one? Right. Now, this is another interesting legislative thing. Senator Oli Larson, a Republican minority in North Dakota State Senate, has introduced SB 2137, which would allow you to smoke cigars in cigar bars. Heavens. <laughs> Could you even imagine? The audacity. Well, I think this is about defining what is a cigar bar. You know, because we have some places around here that kind of try to masquerade as cigar bars. They may have a humidor off. They're a regular bar, but they've got a humidor off in the corner with cigars older than you and I. Except that this kind of brings... So, and I'm sorry, I'm
0: stealing your thunder a little bit because... He, does, he defines in the bill what a cigar bar means, and this may be why you brought this up. So if, if you want to carry on, I'll, I'll allow you. It is your story.
1: Yes, that's exactly why I brought it up, is he defined it as at least 10% of their gross income must come from sale of cigars. They must have a humidor on premises. and This is my favorite part. Solid walls or windows, a ceiling and a solid door. (laughs) So they have to be inside. They have to be in a building. And... I just ventil- love that, that legislators
0: are so stupid that you have to spell out what inside means. Walls, well, ceiling, and a door.
1: And it's like this. A ventilation system by which exhausted air is not recirculated into non-smoking areas. Yeah. So what, are we running a pipe to the chilies next door? <laughs> Blowing
0: it out? Well, it means you have to have more than just your
1: standard air return. But And if, if the bar meets the definition, it would be premium tobacco. But, but this is makes, interesting.
0: Well, it makes me wonder how you get... There has to be some type of grandfather clause. Because let's say you're a regular bar that wants to be a smoking bar because you're, that's a clientele that's very loyal. I, I can tell you that from having friends that smoke cigarettes that even outside... And, and you know, being a cigar smoker who likes to go other places than just the cigar bar, to, the cigar shop to smoke occasionally. It's a very loyal crowd. So, but how do you get to be able to be a smoking establishment if you can't allow smoking in your establishment to build the 10% of income that
1: is required to—it's a chicken and the egg. It's it's like most things with the government. It's a catch-22. Yeah. But now here's the other interesting. They define a cigar as an individual roll of tobacco, which has a wrapper or cover consisting of tobacco— Measuring a 40 ring size or larger, and sold without a filter. Woohoo! Bye, bye, Lanceros. 40 ring. I mean, yeah, I've had a bunch of Lanceros that weren't 40 that I would
0: definitely consider a cigar. And a lot of Perfectos aren't, and Perfectos and double Perfectos oftentimes aren't 40 ring gauge. That's Which, that's too big. Uh, 35.
1: Which, what, is there going to be some guy with a little hole walking around, sliding it around you? Oh, sorry, you're going to, have to put that out. It's only 38. Well, <laughs> it, it makes me wonder
0: how... Surely there's got to be a way to get around that, you know, from from a lens. Uh, I'm just thinking about Lanceros and how popular they are and how well, many limited editions only come out in Lanceros that you wouldn't be... Does that, well, it's not saying you couldn't sell them. It just means that they wouldn't contribute to the 10% of your cells that determine whether or not that you...
1: Well, the, they would not be considered premium cigar. Right. They would not be considered a cigar under this, which, you know, this is a 46. This year of the rat, I'm smoking is a 46. So if I got down below 40, yeah, I probably wouldn't smoke it. I don't know. Matter of fact, I don't know many Lanceros that are going to be less than 40. You know they may be thirty six thirty four
0: yeah, I've seen some thirty sixes, but I mean you get less than that, and you uh, again, you kind of go into cigarillo territory,
1: yeah, you're kind of losing, which b-
0: goes back to what they're why they're putting those types of constraints on it.
1: but it's interesting that they're having to introduce a bill to m- what happened to America? Why can we not just if I want to have a cigar bar and everybody coming to work for me knows it's a cigar bar? And everybody coming there knows it's a cigar bar. Why do I have to worry about anybody? To me, at that point, it's buyer
0: beware. It is. But how many times have you seen someone walk in the door of this shop and go "Uh, uh, uh," and cover their nose and their mouth?
1: And like I usually throw an ashtray at them.
0: Yeah, but (laughs) like like they're afraid they're going to
1: get cancer from walking through the door. And it's like, hello, it says cigars right
0: on the door.
1: Yeah, we usually just throw, a, throw an ashtray at those people, tell them to go go somewhere else. But that's, such is the niceness. But we are going to talk about, in the second half of the show, a lot of cigar conversations. Because the art of conversation is never more alive than here in the cigar lounge. But I think we have we should lay down some etiquette. I don't think anyone else has laid down the definitive etiquette of how you should conduct a conversation over a cigar.
0: And I have a feeling you and I are going to disagree about this on some point. So we'll be back with that and more after this.
1: Shane here with this week's Cigar Under $8. This week I want to talk about the CAO Brasilia. A cigar that we both love. The wrapper is a Brazilian Maduro, and Brazilian Tobacco has a really rich, oily... Yeah, it almost metallic. Almost. And I'll, this is one of the few cigars, when General Cigar bought CAO, they kind of went through a dark age of CAO cigars while they were changing... You know, they were changing vendors, they were finding blends, we could go into... An hour on what it took to change from CAO to general, but this one stayed fairly consistent. It has Nicaraguan binder and filler. Um, it's 54 to 60 ring gauge. It's a pretty large cigar. Uh, about an hour and quarter, hour and a half smoke. Yeah, something like that. But, but just an excellent cigar for the money. Um, till next week, y'all try the CAO Brazilian. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts caught completely by surprise, (laughs) Shane. I realized I did that. We're like, okay, we're going to start. Oh, hey, we're going. I just took a long draw of my cigar (laughs) and you go over there slapping buttons. You know, I was thinking about something today. This is Trey across the table, by the
0: way. Oh, hello. Welcome back, everybody. Um, You haven't called me a name in a very long time coming back. The reason I was thinking about this is I was, uh, I think we were chatting earlier in the week or something, and I thought, oh my gosh, it's the perfect intro for Shane on the show this week. And I forgot it. And I went back through our text conversation. I went back to Facebook to see if it was something that I posted. I don't know what you said earlier in the week that made me think, oh, that's what all, totally gone. But it made me think, you haven't
1: really been hitting me with those lately. I haven't come up with any really good ones at all, but I, it's that time of year. If my creative juices had an ebb and a flow, this is the low tide for me creatively of this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting a little bit of that spot. I'm
0: actually, you know, I've, I've noticed towards the end of last year, I was smoking fewer cigars. So I was needing to find other creative outlets. I know smoking a cigar isn't a creative endeavor, but it's, it, it keeps my hands and my mind from being idle. You know, it kind of goes to the whole conversation thing about, you know, you're never you're you never have an idle mind when you're sitting in the cigar shop. And so I found myself having to fill that creative void with other endeavors as it gets colder because I'm not sitting out on my patio at the end of every day smoking a cigar like I usually do.
1: Well, it's you know, we've had enough time off that I've got to smoke more cigars lately. This is the first day that this will be the only cigar I've smoked thus far in a couple of days. Same. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of one of those things, but I don't think it's as much for me to do with the cigars. It's just the time of year. Um, when I'm deer hunting, I'm so focused. I, let me tell you how focused I get deer hunting. The Fitbit I had, if you stay inactive for X amount of time, it you puts you in asleep. sleep mode. It, it registered me in sleep mode for the entire time I was in the deer stand one morning. Wow. My heart rate was that low. I was that still. It was that complete peaceful. And all your senses are alive and you're trying to hear a deer. And, okay, was that a leaf falling or a deer walking? Was that a squirrel or a deer? Was that, you know, there's so much going on out there that you're... So my, I think my creative ebb and flow is a little lower in January than it is in November. But, real quick, before we get into conversations, I know you and I both love a documentary. We do. And uh, I usually like something exciting and you like something yeah. On, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, Malaysian yeah. Dam beavers. But, <laughs> damn beavers. But... Damn beavers. Damn beavers. But... So, cigar, Stogie TV has released the Padron I'm sorry, what? Stogie TV. Never heard of such. Released the Padrone story on documentary field. Kenneth Achilles, Tobacco Kennedy, the owner of Stogie TV and promoter of Black Smoke Miami Cigar Event, announced the release of this documentary. Now,
0: I, I, I have to tell on myself a little bit. I've never heard of any of those things you just said. How am I so disconnected that Stogie TV and Black Miami Smoke? Don't worry, I got you. Okay.
1: I've got you. The rest of the story will explain it all to you.
0: Okay. I was, I'm, because I, you know, I would think a documentary about Jorge Padron would be something that would be across my radar. Or at least if there was someone in the industry that was doing Stogie TV, I feel like I would be all over
1: that. But anyway, go ahead. There's a new generation of documentary out there that old fogies like you and I are not accustomed to yet, but it's the way of the future. They're coming out in five-minute snippets on Vine? This is a 20-minute YouTube documentary. Yeah, there we go. I mean, you you can catch it on YouTube. I'm sure it's on Stogie TV also. But this is a twenty minute documentary and it's interesting how this speaks culturally. Now I haven't watched it yet. I'm gonna watch it on the treadmill tomorrow. That's one that's my goal tomorrow. I'm gonna settle in on the treadmill and get my heart rate right and I'm gonna watch it and just see and I'll give a full review next week of it. All right. I'll but, make sure and sit down with it at some point. It's interesting that the you know, so many documentarians are going to this to shorter documentaries. Does it reflect a shorter attention span of our society as a whole? Are they aiming at a different crowd? Is it the costs have got so high that 20 minutes is all they can afford to put to film?
0: So I think, you, I think you hit on a couple of important pieces, and I've got some friends that are still making movies. So I, I, even though I'm only sort of tangentially related at this point, I, I do know some of the woes that they face. <laughs> cost is a big part of it, but not cost of production, although that does play into it. It's cost of distribution. You can throw up a 20-minute documentary on YouTube for free. And if enough people watch it, you get paid ad revenue. Versus trying to go through Amazon or there are a couple of other... Um, sound, the SoundCloud equivalent for video. There are a couple of self-distribution avenues that you can go through uh, that, that are free or, or nearly free. Um, but... The traditional way of distributing a... Um, but Oh, but you can only do that in shorter formats. The traditional long-form, hour-and-a-half, hour-long documentary still requires a traditional type of distribution that requires funding and going to festivals and all this stuff that people don't have the time or the money for. I also think you're right that attention span plays into it.
1: Well, you know, Mark Bell has made a lot of physical fitness documentaries... And I've heard numerous podcasts of him on about it, and he talks about the production costs and all that are high now. But I think you're right. It's distribution. We're distributing it on on YouTube is super easy. Right. And that may be, but before next week, everybody watch it, and then I'm going to watch it. And let's let's talk about next week, kind of what we've seen in that documentary. I'm officially giving you and everyone on the Cigar Cast homework for I'm, the week. I'm in. Seems like it'll be uh, an interesting thing. It, well, I mean, it, it's a shame that we
0: missed out on these two beautiful days of weather that we just had. We it was we broke the record for warmest day in January uh, yesterday at 74. I think was the recorded high. It was gorgeous. But I hate that we squandered that. It would have been a perfect time to set up the TV on your back patio and burn I, one and watch it.
1: I could have wheeled it out there, mm-hmm. we could have we could have watched it three times in the amount of time it takes to smoke a cigar. That's true. But I, I think we're also going to see, you know, the docu series. We'll see people start making. Okay, this is five twenty-minute documentaries. I, instead I love of the one.
0: I, I love the idea that you know I'm a I'm a huge Ken Burns fan, of, as I've talked about going back to the boring documentaries by your standards. And one of the things I love about his documentaries is you rolled your eyes so hard that you choked on your smoke. That's a first.
1: I tried to fake a yawn, (laughs) and I got a lung full of rat.
0: Well, that's what you get. You deserved that. But one of the things I love, (laughs) while you compose yourself, I'm going to keep going. One of the things I love about the Kim Burns is the fact that it's... Now, granted, they're hour and a half per episode, but it's, it's episodic, so you get some breaks in it. and So I like the idea of serialized documentaries. This will teach me to be a smart aleck. It I guess really this, will.
1: This will teach me. Not that I'll stop, but no, it will teach me. but you'll me, at least have be a little bit more enlightened. I, I guess so. My eyes are watering. I can't see nothing. Uh, I'm tasting. The, I'm really getting the full benefit of this rap. I can feel it all the way to my toes right now.
0: Well, while you try and compose yourself, I want to bring up something I saw today. Speaking of cigar legends like Jorge Padrón, Davidoff released uh, a new Winston Churchill, The Traveler. It's a limited edition um, Mexican uh, Dominican rapper, Mexican San Andreas rapper and fillers from the Dominican Republic. That is a horribly worded sentence uh <laughs> anyway I, i'm not really interested in the cigar although i'm sure they'll be phenomenal what i'm interested in is that they uh, announced the traveler series accessories to go along with it this is very exciting it's a couple of different humidors that they've announced a two-finger case an ashtray and a stainless steel cutter all of which have the silhouette of churchill with an embossed Union flag in the background and the kind of traveler motif that they're you know doing across the whole line. Just really classy, gorgeous-looking
1: accessories. Who makes the cutter? Does it say? It doesn't. Because at $295, that's a
0: high-end cutter. If I remember correctly, if memory serves, I think Savoy
1: tends to make... Uh, cutters for Davidoff, I could be wrong. And then a $390 ashtray, so I, I I can't throw that at the person that comes in here and covers their nose. No,
0: so you're at, you know, $685 at this point.
1: Travel case at 199
0: Yeah, so I you're mean, at 784 and then if you get a, so $784 just to get the ashtray cutter and travel case. If you want one of the humidors, you can go for the top-notch one at two thousand fifty dollars, or if you want to scrimp on the budget a little bit and go and go budget-minded cheap, there is a fifteen hundred dollars op- option.
1: Yeah, but at that point, pay the other five hundred bucks and get the good one. I mean, you know, if you've got fifteen hundred dollars to waste on a humidor, you've got two thousand. Right, and so all in, like, if you wanted to do the complete set um,
0: with only one of the humidors, you're looking at about three grand. You know. I would never spend that kind of money. That's just not in my nature. On, on, but I like the idea of having a complete set. I think that's cool. I like, we've talked about before how we're kit guys, how we like to have little kits and this and that. So from a, even from a cigar standpoint of like my humidor, my cutter, my ashtray, my travel case, they all sort of match. I like the idea of that. That's why all of my Calibri stuff is the same color and style.
1: I like the feel of it. Um, I don't like the Winston Churchill logo that Davidoff is using. It looks like the Alfred Hitchcock Hitchcock logo plus a cigar. It does look a lot like that, except there's a hat instead of a bald head. That's true. They added a hat and a cigar. So I'm not sure, but I'm just not a Davidoff guy. That's probably coloring a little bit of my enthusiasm for these particular accessories. (laughs) Now there's one man in here that I think if we show this article to, be happy to shell a check out for three grand at all in order to in order to get this. He only smokes his cigars three quarters of the way down in honor of Mr. Churchill. (laughs) And he smokes a really good padron. Two or three times I've considered picking up one of his cigars and relighting it. (laughs) Because it it just If you wouldn't be castigated and sent out never to be let back in. Well, it's not even that. It's just that I just hate the waste of it. Right. I I hate the waste. It's not that I need the cigar. I just hate the waste. It drives me nuts when somebody smokes a third of a cigar and throws two-thirds of a cigar away. No,
0: I completely agree. Somebody
1: worked hard to create that work of art for you. But let's talk about conversation. You and I met here Sunday and had a little conversation time. Mostly like, about work. <laughs> well, I, I like to think I came prepared. I had some very interesting topics on WWE and He-Man and how that all ties which, together. Which
0: we don't need to rehash here.
1: Oh, no, no. I can, I'm, I'll i save that for the wrestling show whenever that happens. But the art of conversation is never more alive than I think when you have the cigar in hand.
0: Well, it's a, it's a give and take. You know, we've talked many times about what an equalizer the cigar shop is and the cigar in general you know you have brain surgeons talking to plumbers talking to attorneys talking to salesmen talking to janitors like everyone's on an equal footing equal playing field by virtue of the fact that we're connected by a love for cigars and i think the conversation that flows as a part of that is just an extension of that principle you know the good conversations you have in a cigar shop tend not to be one-sided. I can't tell you how many times I get stuck, in it, usually in a professional environment or something, but, and I, I get stuck in a conversation where I'm basically just nodding my head saying, uh-huh, 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 is this over yet? Uh-huh, can I leave? I don't want to be rude, but oh my God, stop talking. I don't usually, now that does happen in a cigar shop, but I find it to happen with less frequency than it does other places in the world.
1: Well, so before we get into the theory, let's talk about the physics. The cigar offers the ultimate physics for conversation. If you and I both come in here and pick up a cigar the same size or even smoke the same cigar, and I've got a buddy that when he comes in here, hey, let's smoke a cigar together tonight. And he's saying, hey, I want to smoke the same cigar as you are. Right. And that's great because I can look at his cigar and see where his burn is in relationship to mine and see if I'm talking too much. Mm -hmm. I can look at how quickly I'm smoking. The physics of having the cigar as a unit of time is invaluable. I'm sorry, am I keeping you up? (laughs)
0: No, I'm sorry.
1: I'll tell you what, folks. It's a rough show tonight. It I nearly, is, I nearly choked to death. He didn't offer a Heimlich, and now he yawns, dude, during my expression. Right as it's my turn to talk. Um,
0: no, I and I, I totally forgot. Oh, the other thing you have to take into account, though, is is that your your natural burn time versus like, you and I smoke fairly quickly. You smoke quicker than I do, but only just marginally so. And so. That's another thing you kind of have to... I mean, even if you are smoking the same cigar, you do kind of have to take that into account. Because, for instance, when I first started smoking, I was taught to take three drags at a time. So, especially if you're going to go a few minutes between... The first one kind of re-engages the cherry, kind of gets everything sort of hot again. The second one kind of builds... And then the third one is the one where you taste everything. It's where you get that big mouthful of smoke. So, whenever I draw a cigar, I always draw it three times. Most always.
1: Well, you see, and I always, every third puff or so, I blow back through my cigar just to keep it from building up that sulfur feeling at the end. Right. But I have made it a point. Which is
0: something I still have never done.
1: Well, it it may work or it may be a habit I picked up, but it works for me. And as you know, I smoke my cigars down to the nubbin. Right. And I smoke them down to the point that the pick is barely hanging on. And that's... But that's why I like to smoke my cigars. It's a unit of time for me, and I usually... I'm always reluctant to light that second cigar in a row. And, you know, we were having our discussion the other day, and I I was reluctant to light a second cigar because I wanted to know. And then you saved me, and this is important also. Know your audience. You saved me. You said, hey... I'm going to have to head in a little bit. You've you seen I was fondling another cigar and trying to decide it. Well, and that
0: was one of those where I kind of created that environment by virtue of the fact that I got here a little bit before you did. And I picked up a Padrone 4000, which is a fairly lengthy cigar, and I didn't really know because you weren't here to gauge what size cigar you picked up. I didn't really know kind of what timeline we were establishing for the conversation. So I... I picked a 4,000, and I thought, this is a big enough, long enough cigar that if he comes out with a petite Corona, I can still, you know. Ex- so I finished my cigar before you finished yours. I knew that I still had a 30-minute drive home. I had another cigar in me. So I lit my second cigar, which is why I felt it imperative to let you know I'm not smoking this the whole way down.
1: So our first rule of cigar etiquette. Be cognizant of the length of your cigar in relationship to the conversation you're planning to have and the amount of time you have to have said conversation.
0: And, and and I think that goes hand in hand with the type of conversation you're expecting to have. You know, if you're walking into the cigar shop and you see a few people that you like, it's different. From when you, say, when you say to your buddy, hey, meet me at the cigar shop, we'll hang out. You know, if you're setting yourself up for that one-on-one versus just going in to kind of, to have a conversation, to talk to some people, to hang out, but not really with a goal or a topic in mind.
1: Oh, there's a number of times I would love to have a live video feed to the cigar shop. So before I leave my house, my house is about 20 minutes away. Before I leave my house, I could turn on the camera and see who was here. Right. I'm sure Austin will give you the password
0: up. if you ask him nice well, enough.
1: Well, I, I need to. I need to tell him I'll help him with security. Right. But there, there's times like that. But well, yeah, because is... you see,
0: if you know that Jay's here, you know to prepare a couple of trivia questions before you come in. Which
1: now is nice because I just text Jay ahead and say, hey, are you coming to the shop? And I can, I can gauge then, and Glenda knows if I come and sit down with Jay, it's two hours plus. Right. <laughs> you know, that he and I are going to be engaged for a couple of hours. And and I enjoy enjoy that. Um, You're a little more business-like. You and I are going to engage for about an hour, hour and a half, and then we're going to be ready to roll on to our next appointment. Yeah, that is. And see, that's something, and and I'm kind of learning this,
0: and I've always known this about me, but I'm learning it more and more with each day how important it is to me, is I I am a stickler when it comes to time management. I don't dawdle. I like things to be not with a surgeon's precision, but I don't relax well. I don't, I've always, I'm always thinking about the next step. I'm always, you know, so if it is a situation, like you said, very sort of business, like if we're sitting down to have a conversation, I want to talk, you know, and then I want to talk for as long as we need to talk about whatever, whatever topic. And, and if, you know, we're going to rabbit hole and we're going to go and things like that. But the, um, I, you know, I don't do the, oh, what else is new or the talking just for the sake of talking. I like I like it to go somewhere. I like to be very um, cognizant of not only my time but the time I'm taking of others.
1: Well, so rule number one: understand the time for your audience. <sighs> number two: content a conversation. I'm a philosophical soul. You are. I don't I don't want to talk about politics. I don't care about sports by and large. Very little sport conversation. Act- Unless sports can lead itself to a more philosophical point, now I You don't, don't want
0: to talk about the scores of last night's games. You want to talk about what that what it meant and what happened and and kind of the.
1: Right, I don't. I don't want to talk about whether or not the you know the quarterback hit a home run in the last quarter. Right. I, I want to talk about the different the different aspects of the human condition, and I tend to attract people around me that are kind of of that same. Ill. Well, and I think it's because you seek them out,
0: and likewise they seek you out. You know, but I think, I, I think a nice little footnote to this though is to be a good conversationalist. You sometimes have to meet people halfway. You have a very good friend that oftentimes will sit down the three of us and chat, and he and I don't really have very much in common, and, you know, but I know that I can't talk about just what I want to talk about. I have to be willing to meet him halfway and talk about football. And, you know, to the extent that I'm I love sports, but I'm not one of these stat freaks, you know, so I'm not I don't want to sit down and go over highlights and talk about this play and that play. I just, you know, but I know that there's some give and take there when it comes to content wise as well. And I think that's part of being a good conversationalist is being able to meet someone in their sandbox occasionally.
1: You know, you brought up another member of the cigar lounge here. And he left one night, and you said, you know what I love about him? He He, knows when
0: the conversation is over.
1: He knows when he has fulfilled his obligation. There's no lingering. Which actually brings me up to what I would have called rule number two, but we'll
0: call it rule number three just for the purposes of keeping the show moving along, is don't be afraid to walk away. You know, the, the great thing about a cigar lounge, at least here at Crown, and like most that I'm a part of or spend time with, is there's enough room that you can kind of mingle and move around. Don't be afraid to go, hey, I need to go say hi to this other guy. You know, don't be afraid to spread your time around. You know, like I said, unless you tell your friend, hey, you know, dance with the one that brung you, right? Unless you tell your buddy, hey, let's meet and have a cigar and chat, hang out, catch up. If you're just there, don't be afraid to, don't feel like you have to, if, if, if the conversation is starting to lag, don't be afraid to just say, hey, I'm going to slide over here for a minute
1: i got to go over here to the bar and talk to this guy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you've still got five minutes. (laughs) No. Actually,
1: no, you've got about three. Okay. About three minutes. Thank you. Well, the other thing, don't be the conversational equivalent of a remora.
0: A remora?
1: A remora. You know, the little sucker fish that latch onto the bottom of sharks and just feed off of the scraps that come (laughs) hence. Don't be the conversational remora of the cigar-, cigar shop. And we've talked about this ad nauseum. I don't think it, it
0: bears going too much more into detail about that. I mean, th- and that's, you know, we talk about it in, in the framework of the cigar shop, but I think it's just good advice altogether.
1: Well, Mark Twain will tell you, people will often mistake silence for wisdom. So don't feel the need to dream something up to try to interject that everybody's left sitting there with scratching their head either.
0: Well, it's one of the things that you hear about fledgling stand-up comics all the time is they try too hard. You know, Whether you're trying to be funny or interesting or engaging or whatever it is, it is possible to try too hard. And you, you can usually, if, if you're in front of somebody who is trying
1: too hard, you can usually tell. Yeah, you know, we've, we've got a guy here. Wonderful guy, got a heart of gold. But a nickel head. Yeah, and he just, he wants to be, he wants to be part. He wants to be important. He wants to be part of it. And he tries too hard. He drives people away. And it's funny, my wife is a lot more sensitive to to this than I am. She can pick that person out a lot quicker than I can.
0: Well, your wife does not suffer fools well.
1: Miracle we stayed married 20 years. It
0: really is. (laughs) But... But the the point is, is, is I feel like that goes, you know, the person who's always trying to one up the conversation with anecdotes and jokes and, and, you know, that, that kind of falls into that category for me because I'd rather, if I'm, if I'm investing the time to spend an hour, hour and a half talking to you, I want to get to know you. I don't want to hear the jokes that you've memorized or to hear you regurgitate stuff you've heard from other people.
1: Well, there is a benefit to having a good joke in your pocket. Always.
0: But the uh, danger of a cigar shop is that once one person tells a joke, everyone's going to tell a joke. When
1: you open the Pandora's box of humor, before you note it, jokes are coming out that are so dirty, they're hanging on the walls.
0: And man, that box is cold.
1: Oh, it's, it's hard to get it closed, too. It's hard to get the lid. And I wanna, I, you know, It's the- deep, too, Shane. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> one of the oh, thank you. you. You did that in the reverse order, but no. One of the one of the things that you know, one of the things Jay is good at. He's the only person I know that during a conversation will look at somebody and say, "Stop it." Yeah, and then we move on, and it doesn't sound rude when he says it. He says it in such a way. I don't know how he delivers it. I want to do it. I'm gonna to have to video him one night doing it so that I can study the physical characteristics, because he'll look at somebody and just say, "Stop it."
0: I think you could pull it off because you're charming enough. But I think it's, and and we're getting towards the end of the show, so I'm gonna wrap it up with with just this: is take some time to kind of think about, and this is something that I do, um, or at least I try to do, is think about the the skills that you bring to the table. You know, you've got the guy who can get everybody talking you know you've got the guy who always um who can keep a conversation going you can got a guy that can start a conversation you've got and then you've got people like jay who can keep a conversation on topic and civil you know figure out what your strengths are and play to
1: that the only other thing always remember a gentleman never points with his cigar I don't know what you're talking about. Nobody. You should never point. I'm pointing at Trey right now. You should never point at the other guy with your cigar as you're trying to explain. Which is
0: something that's very difficult for me because I talk with my hands so much. I mean, if you tied my hands behind my back, I would be, I would be unable to speak. So, I, so I am guilty of that. But at the same time, you know, it, it, it's an etiquette thing that I think that that may be more of a, a bygone rule than it is one that, but. It depends on your audience who's going to be sensitive to it or not.
1: Well, it also depends on how close you're sitting to one another. That's a good point. You know, I, was,
0: I nearly got my ear brushed with
1: uh, a, a cigar the he, other day. He almost got me the other night. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> he almost singed me the other night as well. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Once you pass 40, ear hair becomes an issue. You don't want low, open flame that close to your ear. No, exactly right. You could catch your head on fire in a heartbeat. <laughs> but anyway, so... The the basics of cigar conversation. I'm sure we'll revisit this topic in the future. I'm sure we will.
0: But speaking of conversation, we do want to hear from you. Uh, we got a lot of feedback around the Stogie Awards, and just kind of coming up on the end of the year, we really appreciate you guys reaching us, reaching out, telling us, you know, how much you enjoy the show and suggesting things for future shows. You know, we really um, we really love that. So drop us a line at info@cigarcast.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com/slash/thecigarcast and uh, Instagram and Twitter at The Cigar Cast.
1: Well, thank you everybody for listening this week. Um, the year of the rat is excellent. I'm pronouncing judgment as excellent. If you can summon up the ability to acquire one, save it for a special occasion. I'm so happy that I smoked it on the show tonight. I, I considered, was I going to smoke it on the show? Was I going to save it for a cruise? What was I going to do? And I said, No. I want to share the experience. I'm never more cognizant than when I'm on the show and it was well worth it. I made the right decision tonight.
0: And I've got to say with this Rocky, you know, like I said, I'm not a regular Rocky Patel smoker. I'm really enjoying it. This is surprising me. It's very spicy, very peppery. You know, I'm feeling it all over my tongue, not just on one section or the other. Uh, and at, at 10 bucks and change, it's really affordable and it's a great smoke for the price. The, uh, was it Special Reserve Sangro Maduro? Highly recommend it.
1: That was on the aficionado list last year as number two or number three. And I, I, you know, we don't agree with them much. But
0: this cigar being in the top five last year, I get it. I, you have to have a special, uh, special palate to be able to handle the full bodiedness of this cigar. But yeah, I totally get that.
1: Well, thank you everyone for listening this week, and until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us.